0: Pay attention to what's happening locally. If COVID 19 is spreading in your community, stay home as much as possible Shut and up. avoid crowds. Shut up. I, I don't like it because it's so artsy fartsy.
1: Does it hurt you that the public perceives you as this bombastic, crazy guy?
0: No, I state think that I created this monster. But uh, nobody can say anything bad about me as a teammate. You know, you got the great Michael Jordan, the great Scottie Pippen, and the great Phil Jackson. But if you take me away from this team, do they still win a championship? I don't think so. I love Michael Jordan, Adele. I love Scottie Pippen, and all these guys. But. They really don't do the things that I do. I felt like we were kind of onto to something there. Uh, I was feeling pretty good. I recorded an exit interview with Stuart earlier. Exit interview? Yeah, we're doing a bunch of you. You'll be doing one too, because what? on the on the last actually we can record yours at any time, but there's going to be a lot of you in the final month of documenteers. Hey, with the with the last dance, buddy. That's right, and we are going to end the series in a touching slow dance between you and I. And well, I'm going to. And I'm going to wear my best ballroom gown. Been, <laughs> I got one special. I've been saving it. Your Dennis Rodman special gowns? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I put Dennis to shame. (laughs) He think he a bad bitch. I don't think so. (sighs) Yeah, the Rodman. Did you take any notes, by the way? Oh, yeah. Thanks for yawning. You're really into into this right now. You just (laughs) yawned. Oh, I thought we were still checking levels. You need to lead in the note category, which you usually do in these movie discussions. You're, I'm I'm the heel in the in the in our doc talks usually.
1: Yeah, I know we went pretty informal on that first one though, and I kind of liked that.
0: It was good. I thought it was really good, actually. Yo yo. But so far, I'm loving this series. It's killer, man. Yeah, I think it's going to rate pretty goddamn high. Will it hit perfection? I don't know. I don't I know. know. I don't know, but. It's going pretty good. It's taking something that could be... Are we recording yet? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey. (laughs) Hi. How you doing? This story could come off tired. Truly. There's a way you can do this story. And I think we're benefiting from shit being 20 years into the future. People are a little more... A little less guarded. Not that some of them weren't... Were so guarded back then. But... You know, people are just like, fuck this, fuck that. Oh, I did see the the Kirsten version. You did. So you're caught up now. You,
1: yeah. Which was good because we had those great moments like Jordan hitting the game winning shot and being like, go home, motherfuckers, go home.
0: Yeah. Which is really <laughs> interesting. It's kind of... are you, You're you watching this live as it airs, right? Yeah. How the live as it aired in the, in the 80s. Is it just showing like one or two commercials? Yeah. Okay, so it's exactly the same as the stream. Cause I think I'm, so. Because I'm sitting here like, is this shit running like two hours? Because, you know, on my end, I'm, I see I got a full hour of content. And, um, you know, you know how TV is. Usually they just beat you over the head with commercials. And it is kind of nice for the live viewers that you're they're not. I mean, the commercials we got are dumb. There's something about commercials and, and quarantine times. Somehow commercials figured out how to be even worse during this time. Well, you and know how
1: the, the special broadcast shit works. It's sponsored by. So there's only a couple commercials, but they're always fucking State Farm and Facebook and, and...
0: Reese's. We haven't had a formal Reese's commercial, just their name. My, <laughs> and Reese's. If I had to pick between those companies... I'm we picking get the around.
1: formal Reese's commercials. They got the Will Arnett voice going on.
0: Oh, that's right. But straight up, you know who we saw in these uh, next two that we're going to s- discuss? The man, Will Chuck Perdue. Chuck Daly. Oh, oh. <laughs> Will Purdue. We talked to Will Purdue. I thought we were going different directions with that one. Well, I just—I know we're going to forget. If, I know I'm going to forget if I don't mention Will Purdue right now. So we—we we just got a little, we got a little Will Purdue love, you know. But at the beginning <laughs> of this, I want to talk about what Rodman says at the very beginning,
1: before it even starts officially, right?
0: Yeah. And Rodman, look, this dude, defensive giant, one of the greatest rebounders of all time. Probably the, I mean, statistically he is, right? Yeah. And that's his name, right? Rodman? Uh, Dennis Rodman. Oh, oh, right, right. He was bitten by a, a radioactive rod. That's a good <laughs> Hell one. of an origin story. Hey, nailed it. Basically um, the
1: opening to The Simpsons, right?
0: Yeah. The Simpsons. He said, like, look, I love Michael. I love Scotty. But they don't do what I did. Would they have won a championship without me? And I yelled at the TV, they won three without you, (laughs) Rodney."
1: Look, he doesn't have that good of memories of everything, all right? He did a lot of stuff. (laughs) You can't expect him to remember the years before he was there. Uh, But he also says, you know... I'm not upset how people think of me. I created this monster. I know how ridiculous I acted and why they think that of me, but no one can say anything bad about me as a teammate. That's right away. It showed you how important that was to him, how he was perceived on the court.
0: And and it's, well, it's not that anyone can't it's in a way they don't, which is more fascinating because Rodman is a guy that kind of like will suddenly go off and do his own fucking thing. Sometimes that what could be seen as the expense of the team. And it's interesting watching him transition from the Pistons culture. Remember last episode, I brought up the, those bully boy Detroit Pistons dominated in the late eighties. We get a lot more of that now with the Rodman story.
1: Oh yeah. We also finally get our, well, uh, no, we don't, we don't get any resolution from that cliffhanger from the end of episode two, where Scottie Pippen demands a trade and says, he'll never play for the bulls again. And it's like, I, oh, well, you know what? this is the Rodman episode, so uh, eventually we'll just have Scotty say that, oh yeah, that didn't work, so I came back to the team.
0: I think he he, he yeah, he did. It, that's right. They didn't go back into it. He's just like, I just didn't want to give them the satisfaction of finding me over and over again.
1: It's so, like, yeah, I knew, I knew I had no leverage, so right. <laughs> I just came back eventually. It was such a such a weird kind of conclusion to what was a cool cliffhanger at the end of episode two.
0: I love that both of these episodes had a, a significant focus on the worm. Uh, episode, you must have loved episode four with so much focus on Nick's great, Phil Jackson, and his time with the Knicks. And you probably got had to see the last
1: good Knicks team.
0: <laughs> you probably had, I assume your walls were covered in posters of Phil Jackson. John Starks, baby. Oh yeah, the Duncan on Jordan poster. <laughs> Every New York kid had one. You know it.
1: (laughs) His one shining moment. So the Rodman, the worm.
0: What's up? What's going on here?
1: They didn't even get into the backstory of why. They didn't tell you the story of why he was called Worm. They mentioned it once. You know what? I gotta say. I didn't like these episodes as much as episodes one and two. No? Mainly because we gave so much credit in a episodes one and two with how good they did with the time jumping and yeah. keeping it all connected. I don't think they did nearly as good a job in these. It seemed much more hard to follow and much more kind of pointless. The switches between the times. I they went this... back to do the Dennis Rodman backstory. Like they did the Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan. In the first two episodes,
0: there wasn't but it was like m- two sentences. There wasn't as much of the framing regarding the last dance, the last season. Which I noticed, but I felt like uh, in the personalities involved and the honesty, I actually kind of felt like maybe compensated a little for that. But I did notice that the conceit, it, we were very impressed with like the, uh, the concept of it and how they built it. And it's still impressive, but I noticed it did thin out a little bit.
1: We didn't get too much backstory for Dennis Rodman. We thought we were going to get all this stuff of of him as a kid. It's like, okay, I lived on the streets for two years after I was kicked out of my house. we like, oh, okay, how's this work? It's like, oh, and then I went to college.
0: We what, probably got what? about as much as we got from Pippin. <laughs> you know, one thing that confused me is, like, they talk about young Rodman, and it doesn't even sound like he gives a shit about anything. Like, how did he what when did he first pick up a basketball and make people impressed you know uh,
1: exactly i, I kind of ding it for this i didn't think it had much much meat in this little part of it we see just okay somebody saw me playing basketball and was like hey come clay college for me in oklahoma or north dakota or wherever the hell that was go bison so all right dennis rodman is all of a sudden in college and then he got drafted in the second round late in the second
0: round to the Detroit Pistons. He fit in pretty well there. Hey, here's, here's the strategy for the uh, late eighties Pistons. Be a big, tall asshole
1: (laughs) or Isaiah Thomas.
0: I think it would have been, I think if I could pick any team to play during that, to play with during that time, assuming I, you know, was over six feet tall and, you know, uh, well, I think you even got to be taller than that, but, uh, but I think the Detroit Pistons would be fun. I like a physical game and to get up there and like not back down from people like that. I, they kind of seem cool and they have their own 30 for 30. I've seen it and they kind of look cool.
1: You know, who doesn't like those Pistons teams,
0: uh, the NBA you... oh, I was sponsors, about <laughs> I was the city of Chicago, say, Chicago, New York, the <laughs> Boston. <laughs> Cleveland.
1: Every basketball fan who wants to see Michael Jordan win. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the the Detroit Pistons were the cock blockers of the eighties NBA. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You could not wanted Jordan to be the next great, this straight line, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, Michael Jordan. Oh wait, hold on. We got these not fun to watch bully ball pistons beating the hell out of everybody and winning championships.
0: Yeah, and uh, what was the name of the, the the coach that Michael had when he first was on the Bulls? What's that guy's name?
1: Stan Auerbach? Isn't no, that what talking I, about? I thought it was
0: Collins. Something uh, Collins. Oh, we get
1: into Doug Collins here. He was a little later.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Doug Again, Collins. the time
1: jumping was really confusing in these parts.
0: Right, right. So Doug Collins has this strategy for the the Bulls of this era where Everyone knows Michael Jordan is going to be, is the greatest, probably the greatest, going to be the greatest. So he has the hand hand the ball to Jordan mentality. And the Wait, pissing,
1: Say it, say it. You saw the real version. What, what was his quote? What was the game plan?
0: Just pass the motherfucking ball-sniffing uh, piss-guzzling uh, ball <laughs> to Jordan.
1: Yeah, that was uh, pretty much it, right?
0: <laughs> Get over there. Uh, hey, you come slurpers. Throw that <laughs> Ball to Michael Jordan,
1: man! It was so different from the edited version.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, I, I caught, I think I caught a different version where they put even more curse words in it. Like, <laughs> you caught the extra edited version. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, the, the <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is the Joe Pesci version.
0: Yeah, you motherfucking motherpiece of shit, cocksucker, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, why do they all have such high-pitched
1: voices? Uh, this ain't no Bobby's Little Cousin episode. <laughs> oh, no.
0: <laughs> you yeah, motherfucking piece <pizza> of shit, motherfucking... <laughs> I recorded... I like seeing these,
1: uh, <laughs> these early Rodman highlights, too, the Detroit Pistons Rodman, where Isaiah Thomas is talking about how he's just an innocent little child coming in there <laughs> as a second-round pick coming into this team. And Rodman, yeah, he wasn't Rodman yet. He was just a good team player. He found his role. He knew he could rebound and play defense well, and he focused on that. I liked him t- telling about how he studied everybody, how the ball went off the basket on their shots, how people positioned for rebounds, and he would just go out there and like you hear the stories about, you know, Steph Curry is standing in a gym and taking 200 shots in a row so he has this thing down so well. This Rodman really... had someone come out there and miss 200 times just so he could see the way the ball hit off the rim.
0: They really did do a good job of framing the intelligence of Dennis Rodman because his outlandishness and, like, where he's at now, like, I guess he's uh hangs out with uh, North Korean dictators and shit and, um, and mumbles a lot on mics. But they pointed out, I was like, no, you have to understand, this guy had, like, such a specific genius for doing this. And half the time, he just seemed fucking bored. Just completely bored.
1: The way uh, Gary Payton put it in his interview, he said, uh, Dennis was a fuck-up person. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you tried to do, he would just fuck it up. <laughs> they hated playing <laughs> against him. And you can tell how how good of a compliment that is coming from Gary Payton, one of the league's great trash talkers of his era. Uh,
0: supersonic, right? Cla- uh, classic Supersonic.
1: Yep, the Peyton and Kemp Sonics. That was my uh, that was my go to NBA Jam team.
0: Nice. <laughs> I think I played the Pacers a lot. i I was always a range. Wow. I was Damn one of the that's... I was always a ranged asshole.
1: <laughs> Just Reggie Miller. <laughs> and who was his teammate? Was it Rick Smiths? Tell me it wasn't Rick Smits.
0: I think he might have been the alternate. <laughs> was whoever was a big sinner? I can't remember. <laughs>
1: But Chuck Daly was coaching these Pistons and Tim and Rodman got along real good because he just let him do his thing. Basically don't question it. Just let him do his thing. And then these Pistons fit so well. You were talking about them being this, this physical team that was on purpose. Yeah. (laughs) I loved hearing them talk about their own team. Just like, Hey, don't make any, we get mad at you. If you foul somebody by accident. Yeah. If you're going to foul somebody, Foul they them on purpose, like
0: knock them on their ass. Yeah, <laughs> how many, how many foul, how many foul outs did players get in that year on the Pistons? Uh, I mean, it was unreal.
1: That stat on hand, dude. They're,
0: they're just straight up slapping dudes, <laughs> and they're You're gonna foul, do it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, being a piston those years really gave Rodman um, a nice refined edge to him. That would go forward eventually when he makes his way to the Spurs and then to the Bulls. And Rodman was a, a bad guy
1: to the Bulls of the same time frame. Yeah. So while we're flipping back and forth between Bulls eras, we're talking about the Doug Collins coaching the team part right here where he came in. He brought this youthful energy to the Bulls. He was a players coach. Everybody liked him.
0: He said the F word at press conferences.
1: Give the ball to Jordan and get the fuck out of the way.
0: Yeah, man. You cug you jizz Wranglers, get out of the way.
1: We had some sweet <laughs> highlights in episode 32, man. Dude, the that... highlights where he's rejecting Kareem's shot a couple times in a row, that absolutely shutting down Magic Johnson. Or the Just know what a great
0: defender he was. Fucking Jordan younger Jordan highlights to Prince's new king in town. No, that was to party, man. No, no, that was New King in Town. Party Man. No, I'm telling you. Party Man. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to play this. Prince. I thought it was New King in Town. I might have got the wrong song.
1: Uh, no, I was pretty stoked about that because it was the ridiculous song from, from Batman. <laughs> oh, right.
0: That's right. <sighs>
1: It's like, where else do you ever hear Party Man? (laughs) Oh,
0: I can't believe I forgot that. (laughs) That video is great, by the way.
1: We had Jordan highlights to Party Man.
0: (laughs) You know, the lyrics lyrics in the song are all hell, the new king in town. So that's why I thought it was called New King in Town. The lyrics are also... <laughs> then <into hell. laughs> and, and then that synth splash all over it that was big during that time. <laughs> the Morris Day, Prince, Minneapolis, splashy sound. Yeah.
1: I guess that was just to show how much fun the Bulls were having under Doug Collins. Or especially how much fun Michael Jordan was having. We get oh, that- another nice uh, shit on the Knicks moment where he's like, Okay, I want I want Doug to win his first game. So he just goes out and drops 50, which was a record for any visiting player at Madison Square Garden.
0: <laughs>
1: In yeah. Cullen's first game, the Bulls win.
0: Party Man came out during this time, so there's a continuity here. It's wor- It works.
1: And we're also getting a little bit of foreshadowing of last dance time, because this was 1987. Right after that first round playoff loss to the Celtics, where Jordan became jordan that we saw in episode two so that means that jerry krause after his team went to the playoffs and put on a show in the first round fired his coach
0: which is that's so weird when teams do that i guess you know when you got someone like jordan the expectation is just so fucking high
1: we're already on what three coaches for jordan in his career already
0: yeah not including college
1: Bad. but sick highlights. And oh, yeah, yeah, this is the, the Pistons are on top of the league right now. The Pistons are winning championships. They're bullying everybody. They kind of took over from the Celtics as that Lam- top team right after that season.
0: Lampierre, you bastard!
1: But everyone's got their eye on who? The Bulls and the Cleveland Cavaliers as the next hot shit team.
0: Or as the Chicagoans say it, the Bulls. Am I right? Stubbles. Stubbles. <laughs> Who can forget that?
1: Classic. Classic. Speaking of classics, man, one of the all-time Jordan moments. They play the first-round playoff series against the Cavaliers. Right. Most people pick the Cavs as the team that's going to win this, as the up-and-coming team in the Eastern Conference right now.
0: That jump shot down the middle.
1: Cleveland you... was 6-0 and oh against the Bulls <laughs> in the regular season.
0: Wow, Cleveland was pretty good then. They, that was the last time they got that close until LeBron, uh, what, several years back when they finally won.
1: They broke all their hearts in that decisive game five. Man, it looked good, though. Jordan had that shot to give him the lead with about seven seconds left. And then Craig Elo, <laughs> star of the Cavs. What a sweet inbounds play that was that the Cavs ran to score a go-ahead basket with three seconds left. Right. Three seconds left, Cavs up by one now. Everybody in the stadium knows Jordan's getting the ball. Yeah. And Ron Harper, his old teammate, is on the Cavs now and says, hey, I got Jordan. The coach is like, nah, put Craig Elo on Jordan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the guy's like, whatever, man, he's stupid. So yeah,
1: Ron Harper says... Whatever, fuck this bullshit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fuck this bullshit. Sure enough, Jordan drives down. He gets uh, starts to dive right in. That was a nice jumper near the the free throw line, and it's really he hangs for like a split second. his
1: arm go by.
0: He doesn't just throw it. He he has that much patience to just give it another half second. Throws it up and swish it. And it's the part, like, right after that, when he, like, jumps in the air and just flings his fist out into the air. That's that's the image that I remember the most.
1: That is iconic Jordan moment right there. Yeah. And now we know that when he's doing that, he's also screaming, go home, motherfuckers, go home, <laughs> at Cleveland.
0: He's supposed to be a good guy. <laughs>
1: So that's the moment, that iconic moment. That's when they kicked that loser mentality and started being winners. Of course, that means they went to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Pistons.
0: Yeah. And they put it up good, but the Pistons, they, they cannot get around the Pistons. Forget so, it.
1: The Bulls didn't back down, but the Pistons just beat the hell out of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. And beating Jordan's hitting the, hitting the, uh, the wood... Just about every drive and play he makes. They do not, if he's going to come in, he's going to he's going to hit the ground. He got beat the fuck up. And Robin, the Jordan rules. Yeah. What are the Jordan rules?
1: The Pistons have their specific rules go for over Michael there, Jordan.
0: Go over there and punch Michael Jordan in the face.
1: <laughs> Basically, it's stop him before he takes flight, before he becomes Air Jordan. Yeah. Uh, keep him to the outsides of the court. And if he tries to get in the air, put him down. Knock him right on his ass. Dennis Rodman's quoted here saying, I got a lot of respect for Jordan for surviving that series.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he really took it.
1: And I do like that we get current day Michael Jordan here just talking about how he still hates the Pistons. He is not (laughs) over this.
0: (laughs) Uh, Spoiler alert, he and Isaiah Thomas probably aren't like that tight.
1: Oh, no, they do not like each other still. But the Pistons (laughs) win the series they sweep Los Angeles for the championship and the Bulls decide they gotta they gotta build to beat the Pistons but all of a sudden we're thrown back into the Dennis Rodman story where he's reported missing by a friend and found it at the stadium in his car with a gun
0: yeah that was kind of weird um, dealing with some shit he legally owned the gun
1: he said he was lucky he fell asleep and the cops found him or the implication is Dennis Rodman would have blown his head off in the parking lot.
0: And, and you know, Rodman is just kind of like, a he's not that noticeable, especially on a Detroit team where everyone will like fucking elbow you in the, up the side of the head. But the Rodman that we all know, he kind of like started blowing up when he was on the Spurs. When the color was coming in, he's starting to hit a lot of magazine covers. He's starting to date uh, pop stars.
1: Madonna comes in and is mentioned once in this whole episode.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> they should have interviewed her in her right. fake British accent.
1: They couldn't afford to interview Madonna for this thing?
0: Probably not.
1: <laughs> but the bolt, the Pistons are like, whoa, this is, this is too much to deal with. And yeah, they send him out to San Antonio, where Madonna gives him the pep talk. Says, hey. After he dyes his hair, she thinks he's pretty cute. They start dating this is from the documentary they really didn't give enough time to this either this is the it advice madonna gives
0: this is the advice madonna gives to go look at like 20 people that you really admire and then take a piece of all of them and then make it become a conglomerate of a ripped off conglomerate of everything you came up around <laughs> exactly <laughs> no uh she's like you got to do you you got to be yourself which in madonna's case is Borrowing a lot of style and passing it off as her own, <laughs> Bird. Man, R- Rodman
1: though, he basically says, "Well, if anybody sees me like this already, I don't have any boundaries anymore. Yeah, because everyone already thinks I'm insane, and he feels kind of freed by that. He he can, he doesn't have boundaries. He just uh, gets to be the crazy ass that he is. And I don't think we get enough Rodman Spurs time here either. Yeah, but all of a sudden." The Bulls are thinking about signing Dennis Rodman.
0: Yeah. And they're like, wait, does, don't they hate Dennis Rodman from his Pistons days? But Jordan and Pippen, they want to win. And they're like, whoa, we can win. <laughs>
1: That's exactly what they said.
0: <laughs> Hold on.
1: <clears throat> okay. <laughs> they thought that 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 Bulls locker room, that having those alphas like Jordan and Pippen and having Phil Jackson as the coach would be enough to keep the risk reward of Dennis Rodman to keep him in line as a basketball player. At least,
0: you know, I really liked something. I can't remember whether he said it in the third or fourth episode, but Dennis Rodman said this thing that was like, he's like on the court, everything is easy. It's when I leave the building When I'm not in the game is when everything is just fucking hard. I thought that was pretty fascinating.
1: It was a good insight into the head of Rodman. We also got a little flash stat on the screen at some point that said that Dennis Rodman had seven games where he had 20 plus rebounds and zero points scored.
0: Yeah. Well, he wasn't, it wasn't his job to score.
1: Nobody else in NBA history had more than two of those.
0: (laughs) That's wild.
1: Just having that role, it, it was a perfect fit for this team. Like, like a hand in a glove, like Pippin said.
0: Yeah, and they're off to the races. And this is helpful because this is when P- Pippin is like, I'm foot, Sorry, bros. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, and we're so, back
1: to current day. Well, last dance day, Bulls.
0: Yeah. So Jordan is very much reliant on uh, Rodman. And I love that part where Jordan's, talking strategy to Rodman on the bench. And you could see people behind them just reveling in the fact that they can hear everything that they're saying.
1: That was they were, really cool. Cause there was se- footage.
0: They were several seats apart. So Jordan's like yelling at Rodman and throwing out strategy and telling him when to peel off certain dudes. And you could just see everyone behind them just enwrapped into everything.
1: And you can see again that, that part of Dennis Rodman's personality that, you know, maybe that all that extrovert nature was kind of a show a little bit. You could see how much it meant to him that Michael Jordan needed him, that Michael Jordan leaned on him, could talk to him like that when Scottie Pippen was out. But then when Scottie Pippen comes back,
0: his uneventful return. I'm oh, okay. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm
1: back now. It's like the three amigos are back together, but Rodman's back to be in the third wheel. Yeah. And now. He pouts a little bit and says he needs a vacation.
0: Is it the summer vacation?
1: <laughs> no, it's the middle of the season.
0: <laughs> but the vacation's supposed to be in the summer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dennis Rodman needs a vacation from playing basketball. He just he needs some time to to go be Dennis Rodman.
0: 48 and Phil hours. And Jackson
1: gives him 48 hours to go to Las Vegas. Where <laughs> Michael Jordan says, you give that guy 48 hours in Vegas, you're never going to see him again. <laughs> <laughs> but Phil gives him 48 hours in Vegas and we end the episode on another awesome cliffhanger where Dennis Rodman hops on a motorcycle
0: this is the last time we ever saw Dennis Rodman
1: heads out for 48 hours in Vegas <laughs> oh we also got introduced to the Sniff brothers
0: the, oh his Michael's guards how dumb was that scene <laughs> pretty, pretty dumb I would have just went by it <laughs> But, but you want to talk about the Sniff brothers?
1: I do. It was so goddamn ridiculous. And it added absolutely nothing. It was no, just some guy, uh, I couldn't tell who it was, that Bulls employee, basically tried, being a one-note joke about Jordan's uh, security team, calling him the jock sniffers or something, like, yeah, these are the Sniff brothers. That's Sniffer Brother 1 and Sniffer 2. Yeah. And everybody in that room is not laughing at all at this joke, but the guy just keeps on going with it. That's a good one. Nailed it. Uh, super awkward.
0: So, so, so tell me, does Dennis Rodman just party for exactly 48 hours and fly back? Episode
1: four is a cold open on Dennis Rodman's corpse lying in the streets of Las Vegas.
0: <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and three women are passed out next to it.
1: No, 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 no. It opens on a uh, big pun. Don't want to be a player.
0: Yeah, it's a, a classic. <laughs> I don't want to be a player no more. You were supposed Not to chime in. I just in. Fuck a lot. Thank you. God. <laughs> and they didn't edit out fuck. And they didn't uh, edit out fuck from that Beastie Boys song.
1: No, they went all in on this stuff, man. Even the musical selections. But I did like the scroll. I thought they did an awesome job with this opening where it said, Rodman has been, in Las- has been missing with permission for, and it scrolls up to 48 hours. And then it says without permission and it keeps scrolling (laughs) on and on and on.
0: He's gone for days. And I laughed out loud. (laughs) I was like, yep. So they have to find him and Jordan walks in. Uh, I guess Carmen Electra was in the bed because we get a little bit of Carmen talking about how embarrassed she was. And they have to drag his ass back to Chicago.
1: What I want to know is if they had sent Michael Jordan to go get him out of his hotel room, kick Carmen Electra out of bed, <laughs> drag Dennis Rodman back, why did they do that at the end of 48 hours? Why did they yeah. wait a couple extra days where he was missing
0: games? They really gave him a lot of breathing room. It's like, all right, we gave him double, triple that. Now we got to go. And also, that interview with Carmen Electra, she was
1: still looking pretty good.
0: She still got it, dude. She looks amazing, truly. She might even. Actually, it looks like she's barely changed. If anything, she looks more refined. She almost looks more attractive.
1: She might be the big winner out of the whole Last Dance thing. She might get some more movie roles. I mean, her amazing acting career. They they got another scary movie coming down the pike?
0: uh, I don't know. I only saw the first one. She used to have those stripper workouts. Oh, that's right. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Aerobic lap dance fitness or whatever it was.
0: But, yeah, man, she's still got it. Carmen Electra, man.
1: And she said that it was tough being Dennis Rodman's girlfriend because he wanted to party all the time,
0: all day, all
1: night party. Carmen Electra saying you party too much?
0: You you definitely (laughs) party too much. You need to calm down.
1: (laughs) So Michael gets him, Dennis comes back, and Phil's like, oh, boy, we need to get Dennis Rodman back into shape. And, and this we, is the famous bulls indian drill story. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love that this came back up.
0: The talk this is where they got to run ahead of everyone, but everyone's jogging in a line and this, the person at the end has to run up to the front, but no one's stopping, which means you got to outrun everyone else. Michael is upset cuz he doesn't know why he's got to suffer when this is basically a rodman drill. And so Rodman gets up to the front and then they call for to run up and Rodman just sprints. And they talk about how they have to, <laughs> it took him four laps around a, the gym to even catch up with them.
1: Jordan's upset. Cause they're getting all uh, the whole rest of the teams caught up and make Dennis get back in shape drills. So he tells everybody on the team to just jog. So you can yeah. easily catch him. and everybody's jogging. Steve Kerr's jogging. Presumably will <laughs> Purdue is jogging. And Rodman just takes off yeah, four laps around the gym before they can catch him. Dennis Rodman came back from going AWOL like this and was still in shape to play games. He was still absolutely on the ball and ready. And of course, after the Indian drill moment, we get uh, Dennis Rodman and Phil Jackson connecting over their shared Zen Indian brother mindset.
0: Passing around a calumet, which is known as the peace pipe.
1: Feels no. like Dennis. Dennis uh, I used to hang out with uh, a bunch of, a bunch of Native Americans in my time, and you know what we would call you as part of our tribe? We would call you, um, uh,
0: he worm. who sleeps
1: with Carmen Electra.
0: <laughs> the Wormy Man, <laughs> doing all that the worm can. Um, Phil, whole we, bunch
1: of Phil Jackson fake Zen shit comes up.
0: We also get uh, <laughs> Phil Jackson uh, becoming a coach after Collins, of the Bulls, and he wants to run that triangle. Collins just wanted to hand the ball to Michael, but Detroit had that play's number. Collins had gotten into
1: it with Tex Winter, the other associate coach of the Bulls, who'd been there forever and is known as the founder of the triangle offense. Yeah. One of the great basketball minds of all time.
0: Collins is so resistant to it, he kept getting fucking pissed off when people keep bringing it up.
1: But in the meantime, Phil Collins got hired as uh, Phil Jackson. Phil Collins was in there too. <laughs> Just combine them.
0: Susudio. <laughs> oh, whoa. What do you get when you
1: combine Phil Jackson and Doug Collins? Phil Collins.
0: I can feel it calling in the air tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway.
1: Well, he wants to hire Phil. Jerry Krause liked Phil Jackson. He wants to hire him right away. But when Sterrett Albach was the coach, he was a little bit more conservative. And Phil shows up to the job interview dressed like a fucking hippie.
0: Fucking hippie. What (laughs) is this, Woodstock?
1: (laughs) But Doug Collins is a little more chill. So when he gets another interview with Collins as the head coach, he does get hired as a Bulls assistant. And we get the Phil Collins back. uh, God damn it. (laughs) Phil Jackson
0: what have you done to me (laughs) Knicks legend Phil Jackson
1: this is where we get Phil Jackson backstory time
0: Billy don't you lose my number cause you're not the rockman
1: of those Knicks
0: yeah that's how
1: they bonded man he's a big dude he was drafted in the second round from North Dakota another
0: not exactly hoops hotbed yeah and um, But he, he coached for a while in uh, what country was he coaching in? He was coaching in Puerto Rico. Puerto and they Rico? had footage of this. How the hell did they get footage
1: of Phil Jackson coaching in the Puerto Rican Basketball League here? They,
0: they just went to Puerto Rico and just great. asked people on the street.
1: Very cool stuff. They had footage of him later on when he was a CBA coach in Albany. Mm-hmm. Where he won a championship and then got on the Bulls radar. But he also, from his playing days, as a damn dirty hippie in the NBA, he wrote a book called Maverick. Yeah, when he was... That was full of his Top Gun fan fiction.
0: When he was a Knicks great. Still a Knicks great. Pride of the Knicks, Phil Phil Collins.
1: (laughs) 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 Phil Collins probably wrote a book about taking acid and thinking he was a lion for an hour or two, right? Oh, I can't
0: dance. I can't talk. Oh only thing about me is so bad that I want. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, well,
1: Jerry Krause, as an evil puppet master role that he's got in this right now.
0: He's got to look that nicely. He's stands like,
1: hmm, hmm. Well, that, that Phil Jackson kid, he is learning from Tex Winter. But Doug Collins was so pissed off at Tex Winter that he wouldn't let him sit on the bench anymore. Wow. So Tex is out kind of outside, but Phil Jackson is learning. He's learning everything. So at the end of the season, when the Bulls lose in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Pistons, Jerry Crow says, made. Well, I fired, fired the last coach after a first-round loss. I can fire a coach after a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals, too.
0: <laughs> and Doug nice. Collins
1: is out. Phil Jackson's in.
0: And the triangle rises. And
1: Phil's first question as he got hired, did uh, Michael Jordan talk to you yet?
0: <laughs> and he said, yeah, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Michael Jordan
1: was not a fan of this move. He loved Doug Collins. Doug Collins let him do whatever the hell he wanted. Phil wanted to do more of a team game around this triangle time. And we get another fantastic Jordan quote here. Where he's like, the triangle is equal opportunity. It lets everybody play. But if Bill Cartwright's getting the last shot of the game with the game on the line, that's not equal opportunity. That's bullshit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Rodman is kind of he, he does he he is also con- he also feels as connected to Phil as Phil does to him. And there's this funny part where Rodman's like, you know, he takes like a Native American philosophy and he modernizes it. He's fascinated by doing. What literally every person does, every white person does with Native American shit. That's literally like the whitest thing you can do is to co-op Native American culture and shoehorn it into uh, your own culture.
1: Hey, did you know he took acid and thought he was a lion? He, he's lived this.
0: Well, I took acid and thought my my shrubbery was trying to hug me. It doesn't, it doesn't make you a, a spiritual warrior, all right?
1: Uh, maybe you should write a book about it.
0: Yeah, maybe I'll think will. about that. Huh? I'll say I was on the Knicks in the '70s and I won a championship. She called that book "Iceman." <laughs> Phil Collins: The Story of <laughs> Phil Collins. Iceman: The Story of Phil Collins. Anyway, what the fuck is left here?
1: Wait, what are we talking about? Oh, we're we're talking about Michael Jordan quotes from this time when he's pissed off, when Tex Winter's yelling at him like, "Hey, Michael, there's no I in team." I don't
0: Michael's want like, to. Like, hey, there's an I in win. I don't Mitch. want to talk about the next great uh, Phil Jackson anymore.
1: Well, too bad, because he's going to be in this a lot.
0: <laughs> just for the rest of this episode,
1: uh, we could probably do that actually. Okay, good. Because <laughs> <laughs> now we're back into this Pistons versus Bulls rivalry, and how this is the Bulls right now are single minded. They just gotta they gotta beat the Pistons. That's all they got to do. And that's one of the reasons Jerry Krause is making these changes, because he thinks they need these changes to get past the Pistons. If the game is all about Michael Jordan, the Pistons can beat the hell out of Michael Jordan, literally, and win the game. But if other guys are taking shots too, they can't focus so much about Jordan. Got to get other guys involved. But what happens here is Scotty Pippen
0: blossoms in the system. Uh, Did you say Scotty Pissin? (laughs) I'm all fucked up over that Phil Collins thing, man. He's he's like the Mad Magazine version of Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pissin. Pissin. Yeah, get him, Scotty Pissin. Are you making as much as Michael Jaden? I'm just going
1: to say Michael Jackson for the rest of this documentary to really start confusing people.
0: We're already confused.
1: <laughs> but Scotty basically becomes a point forward now. Scottie the role Pissin. he was born to play.
0: Yeah, he shines. He's out there whooping
1: ass. It takes them about a year to adjust. They just totally gloss over that year. Right. But once 1990 rolls around, they think they're ready for the Pistons.
0: Then it's party man time.
1: And it goes to game seven, 1990 Eastern Conference Finals in Detroit. Michael Jordan's in there in the locker room in a nice moment of foreshadowing. Everybody putting their hands in the hand pile that everyone who's played sports knows you do before a game. And he's like, hey, hey, where's Scotty? Where's Scotty? We're all in or we're all out. Scotty gets in there. BJ Armstrong gets in there. But Scotty has a headache.
0: An ocular migraine. I know about this. Yeah, this sounds like it sucks. Angela gets these sometimes.
1: I've had a couple migraines that bad, too, where you just feel like you can't even see. Yeah. And that's what Scotty's saying. He, he, He can't even see. And Rodman is bullying the shit out of him on the court. (laughs) And Scottie Pippen takes himself out of the game. The Scottie Pippen migraine game. Game seven against the Pistons. And Pippen's like, sorry guys, can't do it today.
0: Could not be the worst possible time for that.
1: And the Pistons destroy the Bulls. Yeah. Bulls fans maybe turn on Scottie Pippen a little bit. But the Bulls team is just completely devastated. This was the year that they thought that things had changed, and they took it to game seven and then they just got absolutely smoked in that game seven. The Pistons again win the championship. So what do they change? They say no vacations. Time to get for a gym montage.
0: Yeah. Jordan gets yoked, he gets buff. He uh, adds some weight and muscle. And let's just go ahead and get the rematch the following year, the Bulls and the Pistons. Hey, what do you know? It's their first championship.
1: You know, this one's going to be different because they introduced the 91 postseason against the Pistons with Alan Parsons, serious.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: The Bulls theme song. Bulls don't want to get pushed around anymore. So they all worked out real hard and you know, everybody was just pissed off. <laughs> ready for this, the Bulls sweep them.
0: Yeah, four games. Personal. Sweep the Pistons. Isaiah was like, I thought, usually I was used to us doing the sweeping. This was the first time this had ever happened to us. But there was some controversy at the end of that game. When it
1: starts to get clear, the Pistons are going to lose. Dennis Rodman, cheap shots. Scottie Pippen.
0: Yeah, and Scottie goes to the ground, and he, he seems like he's stunned. But he gets up as if and acts stone faced, poker face as hell, unfazed. And it's no whining,
1: no band aid, no complaints. This is when the Pistons knew they were done.
0: The Pistons could get in your head. That was their bread and butter. And at that point, it showed that it just wasn't working on the Bulls anymore. That was it,
1: they were past them. And the Pistons knew it, so they just walked off the court before the game was over.
0: No handshake, in which the Bulls, when they lose to them, Michael had some feelings on this, that when the Bulls were losing to the Pistons in the previous couple years, they shook their hand out of the game, after the game. Sportsmanship. But the Pistons were, like, walking. Didn't touch him, And Isaiah Thomas is like, Look, this is just how it was back then, right? You, you lost the game, you, you went. And he noted um, a, a game between them and the Celtics where they said that this guy like came out to the court and like clapped hands when the Celtics were... But the Celtics were also leaving during the game. There's just some other angles at that Celtics-Pistons game. And it, you can tell that people have very different perspectives on it. But well, that it kinda,
1: was Kevin McHale and that was the yeah. good guy Celtics getting beat by the bad guy Pistons who kind of took the torch from them. Yeah. So the Pistons and, thought we can, well, we're going to hand the torch to the bulls. Now we're just going to do it the same way. We're just going to walk off. We're done. We don't like them. They don't like us. Why pretend?
0: Yeah. But Jordan but, ain't having that. <laughs> and they do this thing where they play to Jordan. What Isaiah Thomas said. I love these parts. Isn't
1: that the... interesting? He's just like narking on the other guys he interviewed to the guys he's interviewing. This is current day, Jordan, current day, Isaiah. What did, he, what did Jordan say about it before he, he shows him the video?
0: Well, he said like, well, it's been so much time. He'll just re- revise his story here. To so make nothing him you
1: play for me. Nothing you yeah, play for nothing. me will convince me that he's not an asshole.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I don't think he was convinced. <laughs> <laughs> I love those parts. That is fucking great. Like, hey, uh, you want to hear what Isaiah said about you? You want to hear what Jordan said about you? You want to hear that? I, I'm surprised like more documentaries, sports documentaries, don't just do that.
1: It seems like kind of a dirty trick. <laughs>
0: Interviewing somebody and then
1: going, showing the person you were talking about their interview, like, oh, guess what they said about you? It's very schoolyard, oh, uh, which makes Den-
0: that, that little drama-loving
1: part of us like it so
0: much. That uh, You hear uh, Dennis Rodman, uh, uh, he called you a bitch. Uh, did you hear?
1: Oh my God! Did you hear him say that? I got the video right here. You want to see it?
0: You want to see it? Let me rewind it. Let me rewind it. Let me play it again in slow motion. What do you think of that? Mm-hmm.
1: Speaking of what you think about that, now that the Bulls beat the Pistons, we get a sweet ass <laughs> party montage to Cool Modese. How you like me now?
0: How you like me now? Right? How do you like with me a now?
1: Jerry Krause dance off?
0: Man, I like the way his body moves this way and that
1: him and scotty pippen who knowed that they would be at each other's throats years later because they look so good friends right here
0: yeah dancing
1: on the team plane right before the bulls first ever finals appearance and jordan has no chill about this they fucking hated the pistons so he's walking out onto the plane in detroit throwing up four fingers sweep sweep (laughs) yelling (laughs) at everybody (laughs) hell yeah wearing a t-shirt that says, like, no three-peat for the Pistons. (laughs) (laughs) No chill, Michael Jordan. (laughs) But the party is on, man. What was that other moment? Uh, uh, Was that when Jordan was playing cards with a rookie on the plane, too?
0: Yeah, and he was calling him out for, like, staying out and partying all the time and not getting enough sleep. Hey, man,
1: my my mom was going to watch this. My mom,
0: man, my mom's going to watch. That's pretty much the episode. What did we end on here?
1: Well, what did we end on on this one? We thought, uh... Shit, what did we end on on this Come one? Come on, what
0: did, what the fuck
1: did we end on? Because I know there had to be a sweet cliffhanger, right? Cl- yeah, Stallone. What did we Stallone out on? Oh, we got the... We got the sweet moment where Jordan buys into the triangle offense to close out the championship against the Lakers. Oh, yeah, they... Swept where they win their championship.
0: The, didn't they, did they sweep the Lakers, too?
1: Uh, they lost game one. At home. But then they won the next four. Right. So they win their first championship. We get the iconic Jordan crying while hugging the trophy. Everyone's like, holy shit, he's got positive emotions instead of just
0: yelling at us? He's not a sociopath. Yeah, he is. Uh, (laughs) Look, I I tried again looking for that Photoshop meme of Jordan hugging the giant penis. (laughs) I still can't find it. If anyone knows about that meme, an early meme where... That picture of Jordan crying and hugging the trophy. They took the Jordan. They took the trophy out, Photoshopped in a giant dick. If anyone knows about it, please send it to me. <laughs> How can you not find that? I don't know. It's hard. Imagine what I got to Google. Imagine what I got to Bing or duck, duck, go over here. Uh, championship, <laughs> Jordan crying, NBA championship. And then penis Photoshop. It's, it's, it's a mess.
1: All right, man, I I wish you the best of luck on your quest.
0: Uh, Thank you. It's hard out here.
1: (laughs) In these streets.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is.
1: It's it's a nice moment where Jordan buys into the triangle. He says they're all overuse, but Paxton is open. In the the deciding game of the finals, a tie game at the end of the third quarter, Paxton's open. So Jordan drives and dishes, and Paxton hits the shot. So Jordan keeps driving, getting the defense to collapse on him, Dishing out to the three-point line where Paxton hits a shot.
0: Is this a low-key docuseries about John Paxton? Maybe. I, I feel like there's as much John Paxton as anyone in this documentary. Except maybe Jordan.
1: These are what they do so well, though, in this documentary so far. Making these these moments shine with this big, big buildup with everything. But then they see, like, the game footage... And you just notice, okay, Jordan bought into it. Things changed, and they won their first championship. And then we flash back to the current year, the the last dance season in 98, where this actually, I think this is when they're back on the plane when he's given the rookie crap, because he just won money gambling on the Super Bowl. Sure, yeah. Another nice Jordan prediction moment. But Jerry Krause releases a statement to the press that says Phil Jackson will not be back as the coach of the bulls next year. And if Michael Jordan wants to come back, he'll have to play for a different coach. And Michael Jordan says, I'm not playing for a different coach. I already which, made that clear,
0: which was redundant because we already had this broken down in previous episodes. It well, they
1: of- still ask about it at every single press conference, every city, Michael Jordan goes to, The press in that city is like, is this going to be your last time in the city?
0: Yeah. And sports reporting is like just half stupid. It's the same fucking question over and over. Hey, I noticed you didn't win the game. How do you think you would have won the game? What do you think would have happened? We get this
1: ominous, (laughs) ominous moment. They released that statement. It's driving a wedge between the team again. And meanwhile, they're playing the Utah Jazz. They're likely NBA Finals preview moment. The team on top of the league. And the Bulls blow a big lead. The Jazz win. The Bulls go into the All-Star break, ranked fifth in the league. And we fade out on, is this the end of the Bulls as we know them?
0: Oh, man. I Uh, I, I bet it it is. We probably have a 10-part docuseries because they don't do anything positive in that last season. (laughs) I bet this is a 10-part documentary series about how the 98 Bulls blow their championship.
1: Hey, were you on Team Isaiah or Team Michael on this one? Do you think Isaiah almost came out all right, or was he full of shit? Bill Lambier took the other tack. He wasn't apologizing for shit. He was like, yeah, we walked off.
0: Well, you know he would Fuck
1: the Bulls. We don't like them.
0: I don't know. I mean, it seemed like, I I feel like Isaiah should have just owned it the way Lambier owned it, you know. Obviously, they didn't like each other. He should have just been like, yeah, we just didn't fucking like each other. So
1: Maybe then he wouldn't have gotten his video shown to Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like a little narc, Jason, he, her.
0: <laughs> hey, do you hear what Michael said? Did you hear what Isaiah said? You, you know got who to I'm, on team,
1: uh, I'm on team Magic Johnson? Magic Johnson comes off as just an awesome, chill dude in this documentary.
0: He was like, yeah, he kicked our ass.
1: He was so happy. He went and hugged Michael Jordan after he won the championship. Was like, man, it feels so great to win a first championship, doesn't it? And I was like, man, who wouldn't love Magic Johnson? I mean, at least 1,000 women, right?
0: That's what I hear. (laughs) I think that's it, right? There's nothing to fucking talk about. That's left. Now we we get the preview
1: for part five, which is all about narking on Horace Grant, apparently.
0: I didn't see the preview to number five. And you promised you wouldn't mention Phil Jackson again for the rest of the episode, and you fucked up. So I'm coming over to your house right now. Did so we mention so di- Phil Jackson anymore? Yeah, you did. You dropped his name once, one more time,
1: because nah.
0: you love your you and Big Nick fan. You just Nick came- superstar Phil Jackson. <laughs> That's right. So let's get out of here. We'll see you next week.
1: Bill keep Jackson on, had a sweet quarantine beard too. You said his name again. Yeah, I'm gonna keep doing it until you cut this tape off right now. God damn it,
0: keep on Doc. Bill Collins, ah oh, oh, shit. Dennis, come back on time. Mm-mm. You come back on time, way to go get his ass out of bed. And I'm not gonna say what's in his bed, where he was and blah, blah. There's a knock on the door, it's Michael Jordan. And I hit. I, 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 I didn't, I do not want to seem like that's so why. Like, I'm just like hiding behind the couch with covers over me. Come on. You, we got to get to practice. Don't want to yes. be a player. I don't want to be a player no more. I'm not a player. I just struck a lot. I want to show what you're looking for. Don't want to be a player. Don't want to be a no more. I'm not a player.